Hey, 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 welcome back, everybody. It's one of the best weeks of the year coming up. Thanksgiving week, three games on Thursday, one on Friday, 11 on Sunday, and one on Monday. Gotta love it. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, this is the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. I'm Eric Stenholm along with my co-host Joey Moore, ready to get into the Week 11 recap and previewing next week's Week 12 matchups, Thanksgiving week. Joey, let's start with the Niners again as you emerged victorious once again. Relatively routine home victory against Tampa. Uh, 27-14 win. Defense looked pretty solid. Offense did enough. I mean, Purdy was basically perfect, but um, they probably could have put more up on the board. Uh, easy routine win for the Niners, and uh, nothing really to write home about. Just one of those ones that you had to have, and you had it. Yeah, had to have it, and had it. That's the best way to put it. Um, like you kind of alluded to, I wish, I wish they kind of had one of those like Jacksonville kind of put their foot down and like really roll them. Um, but didn't happen. I thought defense was good. Not great. I thought the offense, I thought the offense in the third quarter especially was sensational, but then yeah, the fourth quarter couldn't convert a fourth and one to like not give Tampa the ball back. They kept putting their defense on the field and, and for being a game that really was out of reach, it wasn't like Tampa was in the red zone twice in the last like six minutes and turned it over he uh, had the pick and then turnover on fourth down. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Brock Purdy was, was fantastic. I mean, I don't know what the hell a passer rating is, and I don't – if I know, I don't know why 158.3 is the perfect number. That seems very specific <laughs> and random at the same time. But for him, the thing that jumps jumps at me, I think I saw his, his yards per attempt is, like, by far number one in the league. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, 13.8 yesterday. And, I mean, Brandon, Brandon Ayuk on his go route, I think was the longest touchdown play of the year in the NFL this season, 76 yards. I'm like, <laughs> when the hell has that been in the playbook? Like, we saw it last week. <laughs> this is week not with, something with Kittle, Jimmy would have done. <laughs> and it's just, it is. I, I, I know he lost three games in a row. I mean, he did not play well against Cleveland. But against Minnesota and Cincinnati, I thought he played really well. Other than both games, he had two of the WTFs. Like, can't happen. Especially when your defense is just, can't stop a nosebleed. Um, but yeah, I mean, had to have it, obviously it was kind of a trap game looking forward to this three game stretch that is, uh, is the meat of their season and, uh, Mm -hmm. would have liked to hit it at eight and two with maybe, you know, that field goal in Cleveland going through. Um, but seven and three, take it. Um, you know, obviously you gotta hear, yeah, Hufunga being out for the year is tough. Um, Mm -hmm. which the play he got hurt on, he just, he gets torched. And he gets hurt. It's just not not a good. He he got. It wasn't like when he gets burned in the secondary, which sometimes, unfortunately for him, he he's not the best in coverage all the time. But this one, he he the the receiver goes out for like a little swing. I don't know if it was the back receiver or back goes out in the flat, and he comes charging. And guy puts one foot, one cut, and he goes ankle breaker. And then you're like everyone in the everyone like oh like oh my. Immediately, like, 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 oh no, he got, he got like burned, and then, (laughs) and then it was like, oh, he's hurt too. Like, same thing of the Tampa player, Jamel Dean, who like, oh, he got torched, and then oh, he's not moving. Uh, it's like double whammy. But yeah, no, I. uh, You made the point last week that uh, Wilkes moving down to the field and Hufanga moving up in the lineup, basically to the line of scrimmage kind of change the fortunes for the Niner defense after a rough three-game stretch. It sucks that, like, hey, now the Niner defense is starting to look like what we got used to at the beginning of the season, and then Hufanga goes down. So uh, next man up has always been the Niner philosophy in the in the Shanahan. Jair Brown era, got so. the game ball, and he was the next man up. He had the pick in the fourth quarter. Um, it's just crazy how that works out because Jair Brown was the Niners' first pick in the draft. It was not till the third round, but they took a safety. And... Uh, the Penn State, and he had an interception. He he had the fourth down stop. He was. <laughs> I'm kind of questioning why is he one on one with Mike Evans in the red zone? Uh, <laughs> his first like real like snaps that matter on defense. You know he plays special teams, but uh, good for him. So well, well it's a uh, it's a uh, it's show time for that guy. 
Yeah, you liked that pick when we were going over the Niners draft, and I mean, he's got to be a star now. He's going to be playing a huge role in big games as the Niners cruise toward uh, some some really important playoff games. So he's being dropped into the fire uh, really, really past the first test, and we'll see how the Niners do going forward. They got a tough one next week at Seattle on Thanksgiving. Um, the Niners are favored by seven in that one. My note here is that just a, I, if you win two out of three of, of the next three games, which is uh, at Seattle, uh, at Philly, home Seattle, if you win two out of those three, I think not only do you wrap up the West, you wrap up a you know a top three seed, probably top two seed uh, in the NFC. Given, um, well, actually no, that's different now because the Eagles pulled off that massive win on Monday Night Football. Now they're nine and one. So, uh, but regardless. You know, you said you wanted to see them get to this point at eight and two. You'll take seven and three. You control everything right now because you play the Seahawks twice in the next three weeks. So, I'm time to wrap up the division. Yeah, I was number. surprised too. The look ahead line was three and a half. So clearly, between the Seahawks' loss against the Rams and the Niners' good performance against Tampa, they moved it quite a bit. Also, some question as to whether Geno plays. He did play the final drive uh, in that game yesterday, but he got absolutely rocked by Aaron Donald. So I, they, I wouldn't be yeah, surprised. If the Niners win Thursday, I mean, I, I'm just thinking, like, they would have a two-game lead and the head-to-head. And the Seattle's division record is terrible. Yeah. I. The Seahawks would then need to win against the Cowboys, have you lose against Philly, and then beat you on the road. Like, this game is just... This is Seattle season right here next week. Feels so, so I, similar I, to last year. Thursday night we went to Seattle. Granted, that one if we won we clinched the division. This one feels like oh we're not going to clinch the division, but if you win it, yeah, I, it's, it's probably curtains. It's a big one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Vikings lost. Uh, put an end to the five-game winning streak. One-point loss on Sunday night football. Uh, really devastating because we had three turnovers all at critical junctures of the game and Denver had no turnovers. And that was literally the story of the game. Another one kind of like the Philly game earlier in the year, the Kansas City game earlier in the year, where it's just like, if you hold on to the ball and commit one less turnover, I think you win the game. And man, Madison's fumble was just devastating as we were driving to try to take, I believe at that point it could have been a 15 point lead if we punched that into the end zone. He fumbles. Uh, Dobbs threw a, a interception at our own 10-yard line that basically gave three points to Denver. Probably could have been more, but the defense had a good stop there. Uh, and then there was another fumble in the game that just, I mean, it was it was a crippler uh, for the Vikings in, in the sense of, hey, earlier in the day, we were dead certain the Lions were going to lose. And I was like, oh my God, the division's back on the table. And the Lions have their epic comeback. The Vikings fall on Sunday Night Football to a, albeit, Low scoring, but vintage Russ performance with a last second touchdown to Cortland Sutton. So really tough one there. Looking forward to next week. We got uh, Chicago coming into town on Monday Night Football. We're favored by three and a half. I think that's the right line there. I don't have a bet on this game. Um, When you look at the Viking performance last week, when you look at the Bears collapse last week, and you look at Monday Night Football next week, three and a half, does that seem low to you or does that seem about fair? Because I said it had to be higher than three, but not much higher with with the way we're turning the ball over. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, honestly, I think those, but, but it is just a tough game to put a line on. Um, yeah, the Vikings should be favored at home. Would I expect it to be too much more than that? Not really. I mean, maybe four or four, four and a half. I just, I don't know what I'm getting with Chicago. I mean, the, they almost beat Detroit in Detroit. Should have beat them and don't. I don't know whether that's a, like, oh, they, can play because there's so many points mm-hmm. this season they just can't <laughs> play with anybody. Mm-hmm. But um, Justin Fields looked decent. He looked good. Uh, um, yeah, until the final drive, of course, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which was horrendous. Yeah, um, I just the Vikings. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think it's good. I think I mean just <laughs> it's easy to say, but stop turning the ball over. <laughs> it's literally the uh, this is why I'm going to fade Denver not only this week and going forward I just saw this stat today they're plus 12 in turnovers in, the, in their four game win streak that shit ain't going to continue you can't have three turnovers and give up no turnovers in four straight games like very lucky obviously the defense has turned around quite a bit since they got a 70 burger dropped on them but 
I mean, I was, that I was, luck will run I was out. like watching it, and then I just kind of, I guess, forgot about it. But they showed the game last night. It was like, yeah, turnovers are three nothing. Like Minnesota turned the ball over three times, and I'm like, I think they were they're winning at the time. I'm like, like. That's just that shouldn't happen. Like that's hard. That's hard to do. It's the same story as the Philly game earlier in the year, where I believe we turned it over five times and Philly turned it over once. So we were minus four in turnovers, only lost the game by six. Like I'm so tired of this because it's like, hey, clearly O'Connell is a hell of a coach. Like we should be probably eight and three at this point, uh, but we've had bad luck with injuries. We've had horrible turnover luck. And we just gotta hold on to the damn ball going forward. Like I th- it's been more fumbles a- than picks. That's 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 one thing too is like you think oh you turn it all over like you like you have a maybe Josh Allen Jameis Winston type just oh my god just throwing picks it's like no like Jefferson remember fumbled in the end zone <laughs> Madison fumble it's like Hawkinson fumble it's like strip sack Madison fumble yeah it's yep, like strip sack like, it's like everybody yeah it's just it's just crazy but I I I think I read this but Jefferson's last day to come off IR is next week right. Oh, he's playing on Monday night, or he's probably done for the That's year. The, I was thinking this year. Him. I was like, I don't, I don't know. My spidey senses say something's tingling there. He wants that new deal, and I think he's like, taking it super like, easy. You know how, you know how, just like some players, you're like, why are you not back yet? But like, which is fine. I just every time people talk about it, like, oh, it's been like, oh, he's. You know, he's close. He's really close. But, like, he will tell you when he's coming back. I'm like, that sounds like a guy who's got a problem. Like, <laughs> right. I, I just. Like Lamar last year. Yeah. It's like, starting to again, feel a little bit like that. Exactly. It's contract time. It's just. If he doesn't play next week, then you're nervous about, is he going to be on the team next year? Which, that's a whole discussion for another day. But we got to have this one on Monday Night Football Dobbs has been fine. I think he's been everything we could ask for once Kirk went down to kind of just shepherd this team to the playoffs, and he's done Dobbs everything would be he can. Be a hell of a backup to Kirk if the Vikings want to keep that intact. Yeah, I think Dobbs will get to be a bridge quarterback somewhere, if not in Minnesota next year. If he keeps this up, he's been he's been great. Um, let's look ahead to the Thursday games. Uh, we got three this year. We already went over um, the Niner one, which is the night game. Um, we're going with Green Bay at Detroit minus seven and a half is the morning game. Uh, this will be the Romo and Nance game. Uh, my note was, oh, how the turntables like this was the Detroit getting curb stomped game for goddamn near 20 years. And look at this. Detroit is a seven and a half point favorite at home against their big rival, the Packers on, on Thanksgiving morning, like Dan Campbell, kudos to you. I can't believe Detroit's in this position where they're basically, I mean, they're they're two or three wins away from clinching the division and we're in week 12. They've put that much distance between them and the Vikes. Uh, they're four games up on Green Bay. They should easily win this one, right? I don't see any reason why you wouldn't put like Detroit in a tease here, tease them down to one and a half. I did it last week and barely got away with it, but they should win this one. The only thing with them is the suspect defense, but they should blow the doors off Green Bay. The Green Bay sucks, even though they won and beat the Chargers, which that's a whole other conversation. But, <laughs> yeah, I I mean, the only thing that's going to stop Detroit right now is Detroit. Maybe, like you said, their defense. but uh, Their secondary is weak. That's that's their only weakness. And I think Goff threw three picks yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but early, early in the game, Goff looked awful, but he, of course, finished strong. He looked like vintage. That Jared throw, that throw to make it into a one-score game was like whatever that was, thirty-yard touch was just a, yeah. a seed to Jamison Williams. Yeah. That was just yeah, that was a missile. Like that was like that's why you went number one in the like, draft. <laughs> yeah, that's why I just like you know, still for us, sometimes he gets kind of dogged on him and like not many people like throw that ball. Um, Novato's own Jared Goff still yeah. throwing seeds no, Detroit, eight years I mean, later. Detroit should roll. I mean, it is. It's so like. This used to be like who gets to pound Detroit on Thanksgiving? <laughs> like it's been usually they put division games, so it's it's been like Packers, um, Bears. I feel like mostly it's been Packers Lions on Thanksgiving. I don't know why. I know the Vikings have played the Lions twice on Thanksgiving in recent years, and they were both just like huge Viking victories where we would do like a Thanksgiving related touchdown celebration, and it was just always a good time. And now it's like if you see Detroit circled on the schedule for Thanksgiving, you're screwed. And uh, that's what Matt LaFleur's heading into. 
Yeah, no, I mean, the only thing stopping them is, is them because their schedule is, I don't want to say easy. It's not easy. You know, anyone can beat anybody. But, yeah, no, they're, they should roll. They easy should roll dub Packers. for Detroit. Yep, uh, Dallas is favored by 11 in the midday game. Uh, that's Washington at Dallas. Um, Dallas, I mean, they're in this stretch right now where they've played the Giants, Carolina. Now they play Washington. I mean, three just easy, easy games back to back to back. Washington, I mean, their coach should be fired, but they are playing on a Thursday, and apparently it's really logistically difficult to pull that off. So this has got to be Ron Rivera's last game in Washington, you would think, and Dallas will roll here. Yeah, Dallas <laughs> Dallas at home against a bad team, like that's when Dallas comes to play. I mean, they, they just pound teams at home that suck. Like, you know. Yeah, they played the Jets earlier this year, Giants. I mean, even just historically, even just recent history, I just feel like they are they are an elite like front running team. Like mm-hmm. I just, you know, I, I don't think any of these wins give them really any any more confidence to you know, come to Santa Clara or Philly or even Detroit in the playoffs and win because, like, none of those teams are the Jets or Panthers. But, I mean, they're playing well. I mean, Dak's playing well. Everyone's playing well Um, because they're playing just shit teams, really (laughs) shit teams. And this is the next one. Um, Finally changes as they face this, you know, the Eagles and Seahawks. I mean, Washington got creamed by the Giants. Yeah, by Tommy DeVito, who still lives with his parents. Like, like if that wasn't the I nail in Rivera, that's I don't what know. I, I don't understand. Because Washington has talent, mm-hmm. especially on defense. But even offensively, like Terry McLaurin, yeah. like Dotson's decent. You know, I mean, they've always like their running backs have always been solid. Like Sam Howell. Like, I mean, I saw him play against Seattle a little bit at the end. Their offensive was... line is terrible, but Howell's actually pretty good. I think. I, I mean, he's. The, I think he'll be their guy again next year. He's been good enough. Yeah, I I mean, to get rolled by the Giants at home and then your showers don't even work, that's just, I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> that what, was hilarious. What are we doing? Like, the curse I thought, of Dan like, Snyder. I guess what I'm saying. I like Dan Snyder, like, he doesn't own the team anymore. Like, so, you know, I mean, maybe they haven't, like, clean house yet with some of the staff people who maybe didn't care to keep, I don't know. I don't know. How that, like, how does that happen? <laughs> it's a curse that's going to be hanging over them for a while. But yeah, I don't expect that. that to be a game. Yeah, me neither. And then the Black Friday one, same thing. Dolphins are favored by 10 at the Jets. Uh, only notable thing to report here is this is the first Black Friday game uh, in NFL history, and Zach Wilson is out. Tim Boyle is in. Uh, Trevor Semyon will be the backup quarterback. Zach Wilson's been demoted to third string. Probably over for him as an NFL starting quarterback, and it was a horrendous experience for all involved. Uh, poor Robert Sala, man. I mean, he. Uh, this was probably his one chance to have success in New York. Rodgers goes down. The whole thing goes kaput. And now Miami coming to town. And again, another game. All four that we've gone over so far for Week 12. I think this will be a blowout. Yeah. No, there's no chance. Um, the Jets are cooked. Um, there's no sense in even talking about Rodgers coming back because he shouldn't. They're done. Um, yeah, I find it so interesting. Zach Wilson, like, lately, Sala was being ass. He's like, no, he's our guy, you know? Like, Zach's our guy. Like, we're going. <laughs> and then, like, when they bench him, they just, like, put him under the bench. Like, he's the yeah. third string. <laughs> which I'm like. Should have done that last year just, when he threw the locker room under the bus. Yeah, I don't know. The, the timing's just odd to me. Um and then yeah, I don't get the I don't get the he's our guy to third string. I don't I never understand that. <laughs> like you wonder if Sala will be coaching there next year because right now I would guess it's fifty fifty at best with the way this. I just going. I really think he gets a mulligan on the Rodgers thing. And you think Rodgers will run it back at age forty one, and Sala will be the guy, and they'll give it one more shot next year. I do. Okay. I do. I mean, he's earned it. He's. I mean, I mean if, if there's rumors that are trying to trade for Devonte Adams or Will, like that, I think that's assuming Rodgers is there since they they know each other. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, clearly this year's over for them, and clearly Miami, with Buffalo's recent struggles, is ready put, to put the pedal to the metal and win that division. Uh, and with some other teams like uh, Cincinnati facing 
quarterback injuries, it's like, hey, now is the time for Miami and Tua uh, to, to put things together. So I think they roll there too. A um, couple candidates for best game of the weekend. Um, you got Jacksonville at Houston. Who would have thought this would be a game that we'd all be saying, hey, candidate for best game on Sunday, best game of the whole weekend. Jacksonville favored by one and a half at Houston. Um, Stroud had a little bit of a hiccup, throwing three picks in his last game. Still won, you know, one by five, solid win at home. They're six and four with the Bengals, you know, basically dead to rights with Burrow out for the season. It looks like Houston is going to the playoffs, and if they win this game, they control their own destiny to win the division. Like, everything we thought before the season about D'Amico has proven true. We just didn't see Stroud being this elite this early. Like, he's a bona fide MVP candidate, slam dunk rookie of the year, and he's got a chance to stick it to Trevor Lawrence and say, hey, I am the generational quarterback this weekend. Yeah, it's a huge game. It's a huge one. Um both teams are playing well. Jaguars had their win streak snap last week, but rolled Tennessee, uh, Houston, um, beat Arizona, and, and yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a surprisingly really good game in the AFC South, which I don't think you we've been able to say that much uh, just historically ever since that division existed. So um, yeah, no, I, I it's a it's a great quarterback game. It's a great. Um, kind of coaching game. I mean, Doug Peterson, Super Bowl champ against, you know, the new guy, D'Amico, who, I mean, obviously I think is... Favorite for coach of the year. Yeah, I mean, one of them, for sure. I I mean, I think if Pittsburgh hits the skids, Tomlin's kind of out. Um, if the Vikings would have hung on, I think, I think yeah. O'Connell, yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> after, especially after that fake punt where uh, everybody on the internet was just like, oh my God, this guy needs to win. Coach honestly, Peter. that fake punt works so well. I'm just like, how does no everyone else not fake punt it? Like, that <laughs> yeah, go so full Madden easy. and just fake punt it every time. That looked so simple. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would say it's him or Dan Campbell, probably. I mean, if, if Dan yeah. Campbell, they, they get the one seed in the, in the NFC. Yeah. Between those two, but D'Amico's got a hell of a case, especially with coaching a rookie quarterback. There's a bunch of early games that I don't think merit much uh, discussion. Um, I, I can't believe this early slate, other than Jacksonville at Houston, which is great. After that, you got Pittsburgh at Cincy, New Orleans at Atlanta, Tampa Bay at Indy, Carolina at Tennessee, barf, and New England at the Giants, double barf. Like, Literally like five absolute clunker games. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati would have been a game, but Burrow's out for the season. And, I mean, all of our predictions from before the season are basically out I'm looking out at that like, now. which one would I watch? <laughs> of those five, I think it's got to be Pittsburgh-Cincinnati. You know what, though? It's, it's not Carolina-Tennessee. The, the Niners get the night game. So there's, there's no, like, regional games Sunday. So I'm like, what game would we even get? What game would I even it, want? It's got to be Jacksonville-Houston. That's the only one that anyone would have any interest in outside of the local markets and the 10 I still window. think Pittsburgh-Cincinnati people, like, I think, I assume that's CBS. I was surprised that it's Pittsburgh minus one at Cincy. They clearly have enough confidence in Browning to keep that under, like, three and no confidence in the Steeler offense. Um, Cincinnati's just playing for, hey, maybe we can get the seventh seed at this point because... I mean, the season's over. All of our preseason predictions are over. I had Burrow to win MVP. I had the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. You had the Bengals, I believe, making it to the AFC title game. Like, everything's out the window with him out for the year. Um, Pittsburgh, everything has fallen their way right now other than Baltimore's win. So, you know, Cleveland's quarterback, Watson, out for the year. Cincinnati's quarterback out for the year. Pittsburgh had just an average offense. They'd have a chance at a Super Bowl this year. Um the both the games that involve the NFC South teams are really not that interesting. New Orleans at Atlanta, Atlanta's pick 'em, uh, and then Tampa Bay at Indy, uh, where Indy's minus two and a half. Someone is going to win the NFC South, and it looks like Dallas, in all likelihood, is going to play that team in the playoffs. Like, if you're Dallas and you're looking at that, who is the one you're most afraid of? Because I would say New Orleans, but it's just barely over Tampa. I mean, the answer is none of them. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. Flip a coin three yeah, times. I, I would say the Saints probably. I, I mean, cars, nothing special. I mean, I think I the mean, Saints. I mean, we're not going to talk about my pick for the NFC South, but 
Like the Saints should be better than what they are. Like, like this kind of this has been a really tough year for Derek Carr, and just like because I I think Derek Carr is pretty talented, but like, and I used to blame a lot of his struggles on just the fact he's just in the, on the Raiders, which is just a poorly run franchise for most of our life. Um, but he's gone to the Saints, and it's just. He looks. He looks like he just is terrified. Um, yeah, it's a lot of the same. Really it's a lot of the checkdowns. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, they uh, they have to win that one against Atlanta. I think they'd be officially on a slide if they lost that one coming off the bye. So uh, New Orleans got to have that one. Let's move to the late window. You got some actual good games here. Buffalo at Philly, uh, easily the best afternoon game. This is McDermott's last stand. Buffalo. Um, going into Philly, obviously this is going to be a tough game. Philly on a short week, and they just played an absolute slobber knocker on Monday Night Football that was just hard-hitting, more defensive than anyone expected. Uh, classic Philly game where they really didn't look like they were going to win it until the end, and then they just out physical Kansas City to get the W. They'll be tired after that one. Some would say this is a good spot for Buffalo coming off of a big win, Philly coming off of a win as well, but on a, on short rest. Um, I still look at Philly here, three and a half. I definitely will put that in one of my picks later. Uh, if you have to lean someone here, even with that point total, you probably go Philly, right? Yeah, but I do think it is a good spot for Buffalo. I mean, because this really could have been just a terrible game for them. Um, but they do get the help of the Monday night tough, you know, tough game for, well, I mean, they won, but tough conditions for Philly. Um, yeah, Josh Allen and, and Buffalo so hit and miss. Uh, I mean, cool. You you beat the Jets. Um, no one cares. Yeah, uh, what happened against Denver? Where was that? Like, I mean, you should have lost to the Giants. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a, it's a huge game for Buffalo. I mean, to kind of, you know, I know. I guess they got their season back on track against the Jets, but they they have to win, and and, and quite frankly, Philly needs it too because. Detroit's right there. If Philly loses that game, then you have the Niners next week who, I mean, I for every time I watch Philly, like I think Philly is really, really, really good. Every time I watch them, I'm like, there should be more than this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, they, they don't. They're an underwhelming 9-1. and one. <laughs> Yeah, which is fantastic if you're them. Like, it should get better. You know, I, uh, yeah, it just is. I mean, you. I mean, potentially, if you lose Buffalo, I mean, you could potentially lose the Niners, and then I think they still get Dallas. I mean, in Dallas, like, you know, all of a sudden the Philly could slide. But I mean, yeah, it's a it's a big game. But yeah, I, I don't. I, I I expect Philly to take care of business because Buffalo's defense has just been just ripped with injuries. And Buffalo, I mean, this is McDermott's last stand in so many ways. He's fired his offensive coordinator. He's turned it over to Joe Brady, who basically he's puppeteering and saying, hey, run the ball. This is, I fired the last guy because he didn't run the ball. Feeling a lot like Mike Zimmer later in his tenure in Minnesota for McDermott there, where it's just like he's trying everything he can with every offensive coordinator, and his defense is slipping a little bit. So uh, I like Philly in that one. Uh, Cleveland at Denver. Denver's now minus three. Don't look now. But you're jacking the bums. Sean Payton and Russell Wilson have turned it around. Perennial candidates, perennial winners. Uh, They've won four in a row, and they've gotten all the way back to five and five out of nowhere. Um, It's been all turnover luck, in my opinion. They're plus 12 in the last four games in turnover differential, which that will regress to the mean, and they will start losing some games again here. But got to hand it to them, and especially got to hand it to Vance Joseph. They've turned it around over there after getting a 70-burger dropped on them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Vance Joseph deserved a lot of heat early in the season. Also, Sean, Sean Payton for hiring him because um, <laughs> that's your job, Sean. Um, no, but he gets a lot of credit for turning it around. I, they've been really, really good since that Miami game. Um, they are getting a lot of turnovers. They're they're not giving up a lot of points. And, and Russ has been good. Not great, but he's been good, which is a hell of a lot better than what he was last year. Mm-hmm. So... Is he worth the money at this point? Absolutely not. But he's... 19 touchdowns, 4 picks. You cannot argue with that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Everyone would take that. Everyone. Not um, a lot of passing yards, but he's controlling the football, and that's all they can ask from him in his, in his late 30s. So 
Uh, good for Denver for turning it around. I do look at Cleveland there, though. That Cleveland defense is freaking unstoppable right now. I think they're on pace to give up the fewest passing yards by a team in something like 18 years. Um, it's been just a ferocious pass defense. Uh, they've been on fire. Uh, Garrett's been in the backfield on almost every play. So that'll be a low-scoring game. That's for damn certain. Um, Rams are favored by one at Arizona. My note here was that Kyler and Stafford are kind of trying out for other teams as much as they are playing for their own team, uh, given the way things are now. But after the Rams pulled off that win against Seattle and swept Seattle in the season series, their season is technically still on. They're only a game and a half behind the Vikings. Um, I think this is a huge one for the Rams. If they win this, they're crawling right back towards 500 and they're getting a little healthier. So that'll be at least an interesting one to watch. Uh, I do want to talk about Kansas City favor by nine and a half at Vegas. Obviously, this will be 50, 60 plus thousand Kansas City fans, as we remember from last year's game where the entire stadium was red. Uh, the Chiefs will roll here, but I'm leaning towards later in the pod taking the over in this game at 43 and a half, just because I think what from what I've seen from the Chiefs defense tonight and the Raiders defense over the past few weeks, I think... I've seen that Adams has turned it around enough to think that maybe there will be some scoring in this game. Is this a game you would look toward the over, or are you still like worried about how good that KC defense is? I would say the over, because I don't think that's very high over. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think Kansas City could put up 30 on the Raiders. Easily. Absolutely. So, will the Raiders score you know, a couple touchdowns? Yeah, possibly. Um the Raiders have been better with, uh, you know, under the new head coach. Um, they've been better with the new quarterback. They've been better with um, the new vibes, I guess you could say. Um, actually played Miami tight in Miami. Giving uh, up only 20 to McDaniel yeah. on the road. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, no no shame there. So hopefully, you know, if, you know, for the Raiders' sake, they can come home and, and boy, they've been just owned by Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And, and again, uh that stadium being in Vegas, I mean, that is just so... Because you don't think every Kansas City fan in the world is, like, booking that trip every year? Oh, absolutely. Get to stay on the strip. Get to walk to the game. Like, I don't think... It's a home game, basically. <laughs> I I don't think that's a small thing. Like, just, I mean, because that's never going to end. You know? Like... No. I mean, the only team... Maybe the Chargers in Vegas, like, don't? Because the Chargers... Just... Jaguars. Yeah. I don't know. But like Texans. But, like, Denver? Like, especially if they're good. Like, I mean, Denver's not far from Vegas. I mean... Vikings are going to be in Vegas in two weeks. Really think uh, that'll be quite purple. Uh, yeah. All the I, folks from Minnesota trying to NFC get out of the teams. cold weather. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially the NFC teams. Because they go there once every eight years. Uh, yeah, they're okay. like, this is the chance to go party it up in Vegas and watch Josh Dobbs, the pastronaut. Uh, the one more, one, <laughs> one last game to go over Sunday night football. Baltimore minus four at the Chargers. How many freaking times? Do I've you said this. I've said this every time. I'm like, why? Like the Jets, I, I get it because they expected Rodgers to be there. But why before the season did they say, let's put the Chargers in prime time five times in 12 weeks? Who, who on earth asked for that? We don't want to see I that. I feel show. like, you know, because there is a number. Is, is it five, the max is for a team? I believe so, and they've hit it like, already. Like, <laughs> I mean, I thought they hit it like two weeks ago. I feel like <laughs> I've been seeing them every week on, on prime time. Um, yeah, well, what a huge game for... Uh, well, I, I don't even take. I take that back. I wouldn't say it was a huge game for the Chargers, but I feel like they, they that huge game was like three weeks ago. Yeah, they screwed the pooch. Like you, they, that like, that huge game was already it already happened, and you lost. You're four yeah, and six. That huge game. I don't know who you played, but I'm pretty sure you lost it. And <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure Brandon Staley whined about it post game. Yeah, uh, perfect segue into the Jack and the Bum of the week. Uh, a lot of candidates, as always. Ron Rivera is right at the top. I think this week will be his final week coaching in Washington. Um, I think that maybe they even make the enemy the uh, interim head coach. I think they're going to get rolled by Dallas this week. They just lost to Tommy DeVito, who lives with his parents. Like, <laughs> if you give up 30 points to a guy who lives with his parents, an undrafted rookie free agent, um, probably time to pack it in. He's no longer Riverboat Ron. He's not even like Rowboat Ron. I think he's like Life Raft Ron at this he's point. He's Castaway Ron. He's, he's Castaway Ron. He's marooned on an island, and uh, it's it's time for him to go. By the way, I, I heard this on the Simmons podcast this morning. 
This is Ron Rivera's 13th season, and only three of them have been winning years. Granted, they were 15-1, and 14-2, and two, and 13-3. and three. So he's had three amazing seasons. But every other season as a head coach has been a losing season. So very unlikely that'll ever happen again in NFL history. A guy having 10-plus losing seasons out of 13 and still continuing to be a head coach. So adios, Riverboat Ron. Um, Justin Fields made this list. He had a great game through three and a half quarters. And then I just put him on this list because I was so frustrated as a Viking fan rooting for him to beat Detroit. He's got, I think it was 39 seconds left, two timeouts, down by um, three after the two-point conversion. And all he's got to do is march down maybe 35 yards to at least have a chance to kick a field goal. The very first play of that drive, he snaps it. The defender comes off the edge, Aiden Hutchinson. He has no idea that he's coming, and it's not his blind side. It's the side he can plainly see. He gets blasted, fumbles, ball goes out of the end zone, game over. I'm like, the least poise of any quarterback I've ever seen. Uh, Other than maybe Zach Wilson, who also makes this list. He was awful again, finishes the year with five touchdowns, seven picks. Just an absolute tire fire. That team scored eight offensive touchdowns in his uh, 11 games there at quarterback. So, Zach Wilson, adios to your starting career. You're another nominee. And then the last one I want to throw in here, and this is very controversial, but Travis Kelsey was awful tonight. Uh, He had a critical fumble that cost them the game. He had a critical drop uh, on the final drive that could have kept that drive alive and given them a chance to go down there and at least, you know, have a chance to punch in a touchdown to beat Philly. So, um, one of the first times I can ever remember where Travis Kelsey was a significant reason that the, the Chiefs lost, so I'll put him on the list. But you're going with uh, somebody who we were just talking about mere minutes ago. Yeah. Um, again, fantastic candidates. I'm glad you put Kelsey in there because he was. He was awful. Uh, red zone turnover. Um, you know. Multiple drops. Multiple. And like it or not, like, there's more heat on you, bud, because we're sick of seeing you, and you're now significant other everywhere. Like, I'm I'm tired of it. Like, I, I, I thought you were cool before, Kelsey. Like, you know, you seem like a decent guy, you know. Um, but I'm sick of you. I'm sick of seeing you on my TV, like every commercial for God knows what. Pfizer, Lowe's, uh, State Farm. Credit, yeah, credit Experian yeah, or something. like... <laughs> It's just I'm tired of it. Campbell's soup. I'm, yeah, I'm tired of it. I don't know. I don't know why. I just I, I don't know why you got so many commercials all at once. Like especially when you uh, like you're not a quarterback. Like I mean, he's obviously a future first ballot Hall of Famer. But I mean, the only possible reason is because somehow somewhere somebody knew, like you're dating Taylor Swift, and now ESPN is running things on the Chiefs about how it's their championship era and they're so fearless and I'm just so sick of it. I'm so sick of it. And I could talk myself into making him the bum of the week, but guess what? Someone had a bigger bummer of a week and they don't have a significant other that's a billionaire who flying over the world. Bum of the week could be bum of the year is Brandon Staley and the Los Angeles Chargers. Mostly Brandon Staley. Because... For being a guy who hangs his head on defense, or should, his defense is not great. In fact, he's borderline terrible most weeks. And the thing that gets him in here every week is I don't know why he snaps at reporters post-game for doing their job. Like, you just lost to the Packers. They're terrible. Like, you have a, you have a quarterback making $50 million a year. You have I mean, good receiver, good running back. You have good, highly paid Defensive players, Joey Bosa, I know he got hurt, but, like... Khalil Mack, Derwin James, Eric Kendricks, all these guys. Like, they have all pro players. Really good. And the Chargers, again, the only thing I could say to defend defend Brandon Staley is it seems like this is just the Chargers thing, their, most of their existence. Because, you know, unlike the Browns and Lions and, like, you know, some other just kind of pretty historically poor franchises. They've just not had players other than the Alliance had Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, you know, a little bit. The Chargers have always had really good players. Like mm-hmm. Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, LT, Antonio Gates, like Keenan Allen. Like they've always had really good players. And they're just not good. 
And um, Justin Herbert, some days I think is maybe a little overrated, even though his numbers like are off the charts. Justin Herbert was their leading rusher yesterday. <laughs> he went eight carries, seventy-three yards, and Austin Eckler is a holdout. Justin <laughs> Herbert should never have eight carries for seventy-three yards, nine yards a carry. He was the best player on the field yesterday, and they lost. It was very Shohei Otani-esque, where it's like he's just the only good player on this tire fire, where it's just like there's talent, but it's, the organization is so dysfunctional. There's you, no I mean, you're a defensive guy, Brandon Staley, and I'm looking at the box score here. Jordan Love, 27 of 40 for 322, two touchdowns, no picks. <laughs> Jordan Love. Let's, that, read, let's, read, let's read the receivers. Last time I checked, Devontae Adams. I mean, hell, Alan Lazard's not even walking through that door. Their leading receiver, Dontavion Wicks. I can't pretend to know who that is. Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Tucker Kraft. Luke Musk. Christian Watson only had two for 21. That's terrible. You're a defensive guy. You are Aaron so Aaron Jones fi- missed the whole game, too, with exactly. a terrible injury. Exactly. You are so fired, Brandon Staley. Um problem is I think the Chargers from what I keep hearing just people talking about him is like their ownership's pretty cheap and they're like apparently Brian Dayball wanted that job uh, but he apparently asked for too much money in the interview um, they're terrible you don't get to act like you don't get to act like that post game Brandon Staley because I hate it when Belichick does it and I think Belichick's had a pretty tough stretch recently but he's at least won six Super Bowls and been to a few more so you, he can act like a dick and you can just shut up and move on to next week, whoever you're playing. Doesn't it feel like he's been the Chargers coach for like five or six years? This is his third year. It feels I feel like, like he's been the coach for like ten. <laughs> and, and, and it just feels that long because every week he has to answer to the media for his latest boneheaded blunder. And you're like, God, how long has this guy been there? When are they going to fire him? Last year after the Jacksonville game, it's like, oh, they have to fire him after that, surely. He just blew a 30-point lead in a playoff game or whatever. And you're like... Nope. He's staying around. He's only I been mean, there two at, years. <laughs> I want to go to this. Look at who is ahead of them in the conference. <laughs> Raiders, Broncos, Colts, Texans. I mean, now we know the Texans are, like, decent, right? But yeah. Bengals. The only team's worse. The, <laughs> we're not going to count the Jets because the Jets got the same record. Well, we'll count the Jets because the Chargers beat the Jets. Fine. Jets, Titans, and Patriots. Only teams worse than the conference. On that kind of roster, it's unacceptable. And you can't blame it on, oh, we don't have home field advantage. Like, it's just poor coaching. Like, all these other ones, like Denver's ahead of them, but minus 51 point differential. Like, Raiders are ahead of them, but minus 40. Chargers are plus 21. And they're still losing. Poorly coached football team. We've been saying it all year. Look at uh, Buffalo's point differential. They're, you know, plus 100 and something. But it's a poorly coached team. Yeah, that's why they're, you know, as far down the standings as they are. So there it is. Joey's Jack and the Bum of the Week for Week 11 in the NFL. Brandon Staley uh, on the hottest of hot seats there in uh, L.A. Uh, let's go over to my You Like That Picks of the Week. We had our first poor week of the year, 1-4, and four, although two of those losses were by one point. Uh, we had Seattle minus one. They lost by one. Uh, we also had uh, Cleveland minus four, uh, which by the end of the week it was Cleveland minus one and a half after Watson was ruled out. They only won by three, so that, that really hurt. And then we had Miami and KC, which just didn't get there. So we got there with the Vikings just barely. Um, could have been an 0-5 week had the uh, – Broncos gotten that two-point conversion, but we push forward. We still have a very good record, 32-21-2 so far in 2023. Let's get back off the schneid here uh, with a nice week. Uh, Houston plus one and a half at home is my first pick. Uh, I like D'Amico and CJ at home against Lawrence. Have not seen it from Trevor uh, in a big moment in the NFL yet to this point. Um, Yes, he had that comeback win against the Chargers in the playoffs last year, but I just haven't seen it from him to this point where it's like, where is that generational guy that we're supposed to see? I think that guy is in this matchup, and his name is C.J. Stroud. So let's go Houston plus one and a half. Ugliest, 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 ugliest game 
on the schedule. <laughs> I'm taking the Giants plus three and a half against New England. They're at home. They got they're getting three and a half points against Belichick in this iteration of the Patriots. I know it's DeVito. I know it's the moribund Giants. Give me them catching three and a half points. I think that's too many against Belichick in a game where the total is 34. Like, give me three and a half there. Uh, I'll take Cleveland plus three on the road at Denver. As I said earlier, Denver um, plus 12 point different or uh, turnover differential uh, in the last four weeks. That will turn around, and I think it'll turn around hard here against an elite Cleveland defense. Um, Philly minus three and a half. That's going to rock it up to probably like six by game time with how much. Uh, people are riding high on Philly after beating Kansas City on Monday Night Football in Arrowhead. So I like Philly minus three and a half there. And then you didn't talk me off it, so I'm sticking with it. Kansas City, Las Vegas over 43 and a half uh, is the fifth pick. So there they are. You like that picks for week 12 in the NFL. Houston plus one and a half at home against Jacksonville. Uh, the Giants plus three and a half at home against the Pats. Uh, Cleveland plus three at Denver. Philly minus three and a half uh, at home against Buffalo, and then the Kansas City Las Vegas over at 43 and a half. Joey, it's time for your feels great, baby. Your wildest take you feel best about currently, and you think there's going to be another coach fired this week, and it won't be, or maybe not this week, but at some point this year, and it won't be Ron Rivera, it won't be Brandon Staley, it will be someone else altogether. Well, it should be all three of them, but the one I feel the most confident about because I think their their owner is uh, quite um, impatient. <coughs> I think Frank Wright is not only just one and done, he might be half and done. Uh, I don't think he's going to last much longer. He's already given up the play calling duties. Um, Bryce Young looks horrendous. Um, They're a mess. They're a colossal mess. Um, CJ Stroud's success is only making it worse. And I think he's, I think he's done. I they're playing uh, Tennessee this week. Imagine Will Levis torches them. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they lose. I, I can't believe they beat Texans. I Yeah, for their only win this year. I mean, it's it's a tire fire. And you, I, you to, to be fired in your first season and not even finishing the year, that's called the Nathaniel Hackett special or the Urban Meyer special. You think it's been that bad to this point? They're getting – they're just getting – destroyed every week and as an offensive guy see I mean they're terrible offensively I think their offensive uh, personnel is awful but still um, yeah I giving up the play calling was a huge red flag to me and and yeah I just I, I don't like I don't like I don't like the camera to cut to coaches on the sideline and them to just have this just uh, I don't know, just Bob Melvin look on their face. <laughs> the blank stare. Like just, yeah. yeah, and uh, every time they put the camera on them, every time I've seen like a highlight or you know NFL Network shows something, he's just boop, and I'm no, I. So yeah, that, that'd be another one. I think another coach they're paying because um, they must still be paying uh, Matt Rule. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I think they're. Um, a bigger hot take would be, I think, I think four more coaches get fired midseason. It'd be that'd be, be incredible. Reich, Staley, Rivera, and there was one more. Eberflus. No, would, it could be, but I mean that's a possibility. Who else would be McDermott? Probably not, unless it really they just get boat raced in four straight or something. I like think that. he could be fired. It's possible. Um, not Lafleur, probably not. No, unless they just, obviously but they would fire. There's a specific team. Yeah, looking around know. the league, I mean, uh, Bulls in Tampa, maybe. I, I, it would be tough. I think they'll get to three, no doubt. I think three will get fired, and I think two may get fired next week in Rivera and Staley. Um, Jonathan Gannon other, could be a one and done, but I just, I mean, they'll give him the full terrible. season at least. Yeah, I thought they were pretty yeah. frisky to begin the year, but nope. I, mean, I can't. Like, I mean, they're one. Rabel is a possibility. <laughs> well, that'd be dumb. I mean, they're they've what are they three and eight? They've been absolutely housed in like seven straight games or something i mean they I mean, started out okay i mean i guess they could but 
There'd be a lot of teams firing their coach to hire him. That's true. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of movement, especially in the offseason. I mean, I'm just looking at teams that could move on from their coach. I mean, there's just so many. You got New England, Atlanta. Oh, there's another one. Arthur Smith. Yeah, that yeah. was it. Yeah. That was it. New England, Atlanta, could see New Orleans. Did you see the report that, that what's-his-face, Orlovsky from ESPN had? He's like, oh, yeah, Belichick's gone, and like he already knows where he's going. <laughs> yeah, I'm I like, mean, he knows where he's going. He's going to some raggedy-ass neighborhood in Boston to, Boston to, uh, to hang out with his new girlfriend. Jesus, you see that story in, on uh, no, TMZ? No, no. Uh, someone caught him on a ring cam shirtless just leaving some woman's house like before a game. Like, before a, a game? Ago. Yeah, like not before a game, but like it was like six in the morning on a game day that they were playing at like eight thirty or something. Uh, but I mean, clearly his priorities are elsewhere right now, and that's shown with their on-field performance. <laughs> Bill Belichick, seventy-two-year-old man, but still no, he uh, implied like he already knows where he's coaching next year. But it's not New England. They the rumor is Washington, from what I've heard, and I don't know why he would do that unless it was just like so insane amount of money that he can't say no, but. That's I thought it could be the Jets. Oh, my God. After he spurned the Jets 20-something years ago, he would come back. There's no way. I mean, the Chargers makes a lot of sense for just living the L.A. lifestyle and coaching Herbert, but we'll see where that goes. Um, I want to close the pod talking about probably the, the most difficult moment of my life as a sports fan. The A's relocation looks like it's almost done and dusted. Um the owners unanimously voted for it last week. I thought there would be, especially the Yankees. I saw that too, and I was like, I got to be honest, that that stings a bit more. Unanimous, oh, unanimous guys. Unanimous is. I mean, it shows you that MLB is just a cartel. Like these guys all vote in lockstep. Um, the Milwaukee owner just got his five hundred million dollar handout from the the Wisconsin state government. Um, he basically was in charge of deciding whether this move would go through or not on behalf of the owners, and of course he you know, made sure it got rammed through because he needed to pull his own grift on his own constituency up there. So, I mean, the whole thing is just a scam. I just wanted to make the point that from this point forward, like as long as the the Jersey says Oakland on it and they are the Oakland athletics, I will watch the games. But the second that it switches over, not only is that it for me watching the A's, that's it for me watching MLB baseball, writ large i will never go to another major league baseball game i will never watch another one on tv not one penny of the money i've earned in my life will go towards anything major league baseball related maybe i watch minor league or college or foreign baseball or something if i ever get the itch but after this whole charade uh, of last week that's it for me and uh, i guess what's there left well, the only thing left is there's this initiative in Nevada called Schools Over Stadiums where they're trying to uh, get on next year's November ballot um, a measure that would take away the $380 million that Nevada gave John Fisher to build this stadium. Um, it looks like it fell just short in its first attempt, but they're raising more money to try to get it on the ballot in time for next year. I believe they have to secure it being on the ballot by June of next year, so all the hardest core A's fans have said any money that any A's fan would have spent on tickets or a shirt or a hat this year donated to schools over stadiums. And that's the only hope left. So um, maybe this week's uh, podcast, I'll post a link to schools over stadiums. I've already donated to them like three times. I'm like this is the the last gasp, the final hurrah. You know, if, if somehow that go, you know, gets pulled away, then Fisher doesn't have enough money to build the stadium on his own and he's forced to sell the team. Who knows if they would even stay in the Bay Area at that point. But it's basically over at this point, and I just wanted to make the point of, hey, Are they- you know, when, when it says Oakland on the uniform, I'll watch. Once it doesn't say that on the uniform, I'm done with baseball altogether. Yeah, man. Are they, are they playing in Oakland next year? Yeah, they they will. They, it's too late to to move that. They are playing at the Coliseum next year. Their lease runs through October of next year, and then after that, the the funny thing is, is I read this article. Um, Cavill did an interview with uh, the Athletic where he just spouted off for like half an hour a bunch of stuff that he didn't run by, you know, the A's legal team and his bosses and shit, and he got in so much trouble with the team for it. He just kind of winged it. 
Um, he let the cat out of the bag. He still that, works up for the team, right? Well, of course he works for the team, but he did this interview with, I think it was Evan Drellich at The Athletic, and he basically let the cat out of the bag that in between 2025 and 2028, they are due, I believe it's $60 million per season from NBC Sports. But that only happens if they're playing in the Bay Area in that time. If they move somewhere else during that time, they receive nothing. So losing $240 million when your, your franchise is already just you know, not bringing in any money whatsoever would be a death knell for the ownership. Uh, so he let the cat out of the bag and got rid of all their leverage. So after that came out, the A's, uh, you know, only hope of staying in Oakland, uh, the schools over stadiums, people were like, hey, clearly they haven't thought shit out. Uh, and then Mayor Sheng Tao said, hey, the, now that we know that, the only way we'll let you extend your lease at the Coliseum through 2028 so that you can keep getting that money is if you... Um, give the A's name to the city of Oakland and, you know, the A's history and the name stay like the Cleveland Browns back in the, in the nineties. That's the only way they'll allow that deal to go through. So, uh, Cavill, I got to hand it to him, even in his most victorious moment, uh, as a stooge for the A's still found a way to screw himself. So I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. I guess it's wild to me that the, I guess the A's want to keep the, because didn't that, I mean, they came from Philly, right? Philadelphia A's, like I guess Philly like, until the mid fifties, and Kansas then thirteen City? years in Kansas City, and then fifty six yeah. years in in Oakland. I mean, if I was Vegas, I would want a different name. Like you, you they want a different owner. They want an expansion well, yeah, team. They well, don't duh, want this guy. That, yeah, that's that's yeah, that would be the best. Um, I mean, my dream scenario would be the move happens and then the A's become an expansion team five, ten years down the line. And then when the A's play the like Las Vegas Gamblers or whatever the fuck they're going to be named at that point, whatever I hate about the Giants or the Packers or the Bears or whoever, multiply it by a million. That's how much I'll hate that Las Vegas team. I'll just be like, every one of those games, I'll be like, fucking kill them. You know, just like... (laughs) Wait, so you're saying like if the A's turned into the Las Vegas Gamblers, mm-hmm. and and then ten years down the line, Oakland got an expansion team. Oh, you're got saying to keep the Oakland, A's name. You think that actually happened? I don't think there's any chance, but that would be the dream scenario. Now that it looks like there's almost no chance that there will be baseball. That's just in interesting. Uh, yeah, no, that'd be. <laughs> oh my, yeah. That would be the dream. Guys like Brody Brazil and Casey Pratt still pushing the narrative that, hey, this isn't a done deal. Fisher can blow it. He's blown it at every point in Fremont and San Jose and Oakland to this point. So we'll see. Uh, I just I just wanted to hammer home that the plan for, for me and I think for most diehard A's fans is the second that they're not playing in Oakland, not only is it over for, for, for rooting for the team, it's over for baseball in general. I like, just, yeah. Fuck MLB. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's because the A's or the sport, but yeah, I just I don't watch as much baseball, or or I'm not like the A's moving wasn't. If this happened like in the Miguel Tejada days, or even like the Josh Donaldson days, like I'd be devastated. Now, I'm. I mean, it's a it's a bummer for sure, but I'm. It's like. I, he, it's like, oh no, now I'm never going to watch this thing that I never watched yeah, anyway. I just, it just, <laughs> I was like, just for the age, the more you keep telling people you're thinking about moving, like, it just, I mean, yeah, I, in my head, you kind of did move already, even though you're still here. Um, they like, moved yeah. the second that Cavill posted that he was at the Knights playoff game. And like, yeah, A's and then Twitter like, for me, as like a diehard, like, Sharks fan, like, when you're going and sponsoring. The Vegas parade, like the A's had a billboard, like electronic billboard on uh, the Knights Stanley Cup parade. Like, oh, mm-hmm. hey, congratulations. <laughs> Thanks for your proud partners with the Oakland A's. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, um, by the way, nobody in Las Vegas after that vote happened went, welcome to the Oakland A's. The A's had to pay for their own sign on the sphere saying, welcome to Las Vegas to themselves because nobody gave a shit. <laughs> Most classic Dave Cavill, John Fisher move ever. The only way that they would get some kind of a welcome is if they paid for it themselves, because nobody gives a damn. Like, 
nobody invented. I, I guess my my point is is like I think about I think about you in this because like yeah you still really are like this is like you would take an A's World Series over like anything, and and not only and just it's not just happening, never gonna happen. <laughs> it's just like being non-existent, you know? Yeah. It's I like, always said my 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 order of things I wanted most in sports was number one the A's to win a title playing in Oakland. Number two, the Vikings to win a Super Bowl. And then number three, everything else by a mile. Like, that was always it. And now that, I mean, I would still take, like, say the A's win the 2028 World Series at the Coliseum and then move to Vegas next year. Obviously, I'd I'd take that deal right now. But other than that, there's no real reason for me to give a shit about baseball. So if their lease ends up, like, where would they play in 25? The rumor was that they, they... the plan, Cavill also let this out of the bag that he wants to have discussions with the Giants to play at Oracle Park for those oh three years. God. I'm like, that is just a crime. How's that even logistically possible? Exactly. And he's like, oh, we could play in Sacramento, but that doesn't cover our NBC Sports area for whatever reason. So they can't play in Sacramento. They can't play in Reno. They can't play in Nevada because they would have no TV deal. And the terms of their agreement with NBC Sports are like non-voidable. So it's either lose $240 million or play in the Bay Area for four seasons. So you screwed yourself there, Bay. Cavill. <laughs> yeah. where the, Does that field even have dimensions... Uh, <laughs> Up to MLB just, snuff. It's like 280 down the line. Yeah. Wow. It's like, do you, are you still like really like, I, this is my point. I, I never really like, I guess probably I have asked you or kind of assume how you feel like it's kicking the big dick. <laughs> but yeah, like. It's devastating. I, I still follow all the minor transactions and the off season and you know, prospects and all that stuff. But literally I can switch that off immediately like say they really do play next year in Oakland and then after that somehow find some loophole and they move to Reno or they play at Oracle Park or they play at you know uh, Rayleigh Field in Sacramento or whatever that's it I'm out like I am out (laughs) so and it won't be won't be that hard to be out because like I didn't watch any World Series this year anyway I I don't give give a shit about anything outside of the A's when it comes to baseball so you know it'll be easy to turn off I mean, imagine if the Sharks moved to Winnipeg or something, moved to fucking Manitoba. You'd be like, uh, I think you'd be done with hockey, wouldn't you? Like, imagine they pick up and they move just... to uh, Wisconsin. You know, they're like the Milwaukee Sharks. You're pro- I, I, you would, I would have to think you would at least be mostly out on the NHL. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know because I really do love. I still really do love enjoying like the sport itself, and that's like same thing with the A's. Is like I I I didn't like baseball as much. Mm-hmm. So. I still really do love hockey. The hockey players, like just the the the, the sport itself. Um, yeah, I mean, but the thing, yeah, lose. I mean, losing the Sharks would be just devastating. I mean, I can't <laughs> even. I. Uh, it's really hard because, like, yeah. I mean, if I was a kid, it'd be even. I mean, if I was like my teenage self, oh, it'd be even like ten times worse. Yeah. Um. Now I'm like older. It's like okay, like it's not like. It's not truly bad, but it's yeah, quite it, bad. That's like <laughs> that's that's honestly one thing I I never wanted to admit. Like. I never wanted to get to the point where I admit that it isn't everything. Because, like, I want it to be everything because you, 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 mm-hmm. you care about it so much. Like, when I told people, like, I'd rather see the Sharks win than, like, I don't know, like, get married or something. Like, like or <laughs> have kids or anything. Like, I, I, I meant it. Like, like I, <laughs> at the time and like, yeah. And I mean, and I, I still have told Kayla this and I, I'm not, I, I'm not like, I'm not as like uh, bold about it, but I'm not shy about it. Like it, seeing my team win will be one of the best days of my life. Um, mm-hmm. And just because you're 31 and it hasn't happened for any of them. Like, yet. like <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 
yeah. So I mean, to so to not have it happen, like the Cubs, right? They took a hundred eighty, whatever it was. Mm. The Cubs still mattered and like played baseball, you know. Right. If the A's don't win, which the A's have won, let's say like for our sake, they don't win. We never see it. It's like not we didn't have like hundreds of years of like going to games with kids or like talking about it or like it's like no, nah, it just never happened. Just yeah, ex- they're gone. Went away. Like again, it's what I said like a while ago. Like it, it just it just reaffirms your your the the thing you don't want to admit. Especially when you get older as a fan, you do real as a kid, you really don't understand how like this isn't just some league destined on earth. Like Right. It's a bunch of billionaires who own like like it's it's not just companies, this, yeah. This utopic <laughs> utopia thing. It's it's a it's big business and like it's their little chess pieces and whether you like it or not, they could move those chess pieces anywhere they want and and to be honest like I guess if you own the team like if I own something like I'm gonna do whatever the hell I want with it like would I probably maybe do some shady things I mean I I mean I don't think I would but like you get involved elites like elites live a different life they just do these rich people like Mm -hmm. pay off like John Fisher's quote last week when confronted by A's fans at the owners' meetings. He goes, "I am doing the right thing." Yeah, like this I, is a guy who thinks he's doing the right thing and thinks he's a good person and doesn't realize that literally everyone hates him. Like, I mean, yeah, he's business, in his own little business-wise. Maybe he is. I don't know. I'm not a businessman. Maybe he will. This is a better business decision to move the team to Vegas. But when you're one of us and you're not in the business, and like this doesn't pay our bills. This doesn't. This doesn't like make our marriage any better it doesn't cure our you know sickness it doesn't nothing it it does no nothing productive for our, our lives other than provide entertainment and like i just I, t- I tell you all the time i wish people who didn't watch sports really could understand what it, what it's like being a diehard but i don't know if there's anything like it to have something that has nothing to do with you to control mm-hmm. so much of your life. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's crazy. And you can't just turn it off. And people don't understand that. It's like, yeah, you can turn it off in my case if the A's move. But, like, I'll never not watch the Vikings game. I don't care if I'm 87 years old. Like, I'm going to watch every Vikings game that I can watch. Like, like you just, see, if, you're not, if you don't, don't watch football, like, what did you do yesterday? <laughs> like, if you're not a football, what did what do you do on Sundays in the fall? Yeah, you go on a walk, pick some apples. Go you know? bird watching. Yeah. Oh, I just saw a spotted warbler. Like you know, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I just. It's wild. Such is the life of a sports fan. The ups and downs. Hopefully, there's some way the A's can stay in Oakland because that would that would make my year. Um, but until then, I got to root for Josh Dobbs. That's that's my lot in life at the moment. So. Uh, we'll see if the Pastronaut can get it back on track next week uh, on Monday Night Football for the Vikes. Game. We'll see if the Niners can basically wrap up the division with a win in Seattle on Thanksgiving night. Uh, we'll be back next week to discuss all that with you here on the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll see you uh, next week. Yeah.